Hey everyone, it's John. Uh, just a heads up, there's some audio issues with Matt's mic on this episode. Uh, because we're doing this over Zoom, there's some problems like that that we can't really do anything about. Uh, I did my best to edit it and make it listenable, uh, and it sounds great. So I think you'll enjoy it. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up before you dive into the world of Matt Carl and episode 10. Uh, that being said, hope you enjoy, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up? We've made it. We've made it. We've made it. 10 episodes. Usually people celebrate 100. We're celebrating 10. Two hands, baby. Raising hell. Welcome to Raising Hell, the only podcast where you get a bunch of uh, uh, dudes who used to be in a band together talking all over each other. Uh, it's me, Dion. It's John Lowe, Jordan Burke, John Martello, Chris Evans uh, is uh, indisposed right now, not Who? coming on tonight. Uh, Actually, I talked well, to uh, I talked to um, his wife, Miston. Uh, uh, I, I messaged her on Instagram, and she was saying that uh, she she said she was maybe trying to get to get Macy, their daughter, to be a guest, which I think would be really funny. That's fine. Any uh, Evans really- family member will take them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should actually do. I, I was actually thinking because, like, I like listening to Are You Smarter Than Rock Bottom because I don't know if it's just Kate's voice, but I, I feel like we should have more female. I think we should have another female guest on because, you know, punk and hardcore is definitely dude centric. But I guess not nowadays. Like, if you go to This Is Hardcore and stuff, you see a lot of females a lot of different ones so but like at the same time it's like i like just like there's something about the female voice that's very comforting very like homey so i say we get mistin on let's get mistin on do you think we can get avril lavigne on dion (laughs) dude okay oh oh, you're making fun of me you're making fun of me oh shit another conspiracy theory what's this one you didn't know about that avril lavigne that she like yeah she's she's dead that's not Avril Lavigne. It's like a yeah. Paul McCartney one. It's the it's the same thing as the Paul McCartney one, except less people care. Except true. Yes. I care. Anyway, if you did uh, if you did your research, you know. Well, we're here, the Rock Bottom Boys, uh, raising hell, episode ten. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop putting. Okay, I'm gonna stop putting the advertisements in for Anchor.fm until we get a real until we get a real advertisement. So if you want to advertise with us, throw us like twenty bucks. Throw us like twenty bucks, and we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, bump your crap on this for an episode or two and then and then you know what it'll be a real one it'll be a real give us, advertisement give us your money and we'll talk about your fucking crap yeah <laughs> so if you're you have some crap shit. yeah all seven yeah. people who listen to this will buy it guaranteed oh uh, no we have an estimated audience of over 60 and um no yeah. and yeah no and that's i like think that's show. cool yeah, that's like the small the movie theater in the back of the multiplex. That's what we got the, that. The best, the best way, the best way to support us, like we always talk about like give us your money and everything. But the best way to support us is just like giving money. Just 
Yeah, but people <laughs> listening, people like I think I think people's kind words kind of moves me a little bit. So I think if you listen to the podcast, obviously leave us a five star review or just tell some buddies about it. We're happy either way because we have so, we have so much fun doing this. So uh oh, it looks like John Lowe is in with another five star review. Take it away, John. That's right. This week's five star review comes from Matt Carl fan. 42069 and it says play ice in my veins guess what matt carl fan 42069 you're gonna be really hype on today's episode so great job perfect <laughs> perfect that's actually my favorite song to play on drums that's, that's really that's, yeah no that's my favorite that's my absolute favorite song to play on drums. what's your least favorite song to play on drums Ooh. oh Wow, uh, probably rot, probably probably rot with the wicked. Honestly, I fucking hate playing that song. Really? Yeah, it bores the hell out of me. It's just that the 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 slow, batu 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 like that. I just just bores me. You're just not enslaved and addicted to the suffering. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm not. I can't get I can't get addicted to my own suffering. <laughs> Dude, who fucking wrote that? Anyway, but um, what's Chris, everyone maybe? been listening? We're gonna, we said like an episode or two, we're gonna start off with like what's everyone li- been listening to these days since this is a music podcast. So I want to start it off with, I'm gonna start off with Martello because I feel like we always go to Martello last on these things. Uh oh, he's, I've not, he's I, I, I've not, I'm honestly, not, I'm nothing really new. I've just been going to like old shit. I've been kind of getting into my more like, uh, like good weather moods so like i'll put in i'll put on shit like kid dynamite and lifetime but you know i've been i pop i'm popping a lot of like classic rock shit like i don't know oh. zeppelin and steely dan and you know bod skags get the lido <laughs> shuffle going on with your windows down oh wait he has a car about. what you don't like the lido shuffle that song's great about, i'm just not i'm not, know what... not really bog skags Okay, everybody on here needs to go listen to the Lido Shuffle by Boz Skaggs. Dude, my Great dad listened to like Garth Brooks, man. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yo, Dude, Chris, Gaines, Chris, Gaines, Chris Gaines is coming back. I don't know if you heard. No one nope. cares. Hey, dude, where are you with the sound fucking app this week? That was the perfect. Oh shit! Well, let me boot it up. But I mean, do you guys rem- you guys remember Chris Gaines though, right? You remember that? Yeah, like, that was Garth like Brooks the, is like it's awful. Ego. No, apparently he's he's bringing it back. Chris Gaines, some dude who's yeah, fifty years old is really excited. <clears throat> listen, dude, if you want to listen to some God, some like you know, it's it's Garth Brooks except more. Angsty. No, it's not. No, no, Garth Brooks, dude, is where it's at. I what was the Chris Gaines song? I don't even remember. I don't, I don't remember. I just remember he wore a wig. It was just Garth Brooks. He's like, you know what, man? It'd be like, what if I what, what if I had hair? <laughs> like, Here we out. That's how that's how the Chris Gaines. <laughs> um, Jordan, Jordan, what do you listen to? It's terrible. We need uh, a sound guy. Uh, John, know, John, John Martello is listening to Chris Gaines. Everybody, <laughs> Jordan Burks, man. Uh, I measure crazy. time by Griselda releases. Uh, that's just how I tell time now. Ready to Butcher put out the plugs I met too. 
So I've been jamming that for like the last four days straight. And then also complete opposite of the spectrum, this band Evergrey from Sweden put out a new record called like Escaping the Phoenix or Escape of the Phoenix. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Really good power prog metal stuff. How do you how do you find these bands? Because I've I have no I've idea what Ever- you're talking to about. I've been listening to Evergrade for like the last twenty years, man. Something like that. They've been around for a long time. They're like one of the only prog power metal bands I like really listen to because I really like the guy's voice. And I mean rap is easy to come by, man. I hear new rappers all the time. SoundCloud baby. Got it No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no SoundCloud, baby. No SoundCloud. Thank you. JLo, what are you into? Uh, not a lot of new stuff, but I've been hitting the gym again lately, so listening to a lot of Harm's Way, Rust is my shit, and uh, Reserving Dirt Naps, the record they put out last year. Another disaster. I've been spending that while I fucking do push-ups and shit. Are those, is that that band from Memphis that used to be uh, Clench Fist? Or yes. the dudes from Clench Fist? Yes. Yeah, they're awesome. I uh, they put out a bunch of good records. The, the last one I think War Records put out. It's good. Fuck with it. Sweet man. Um, what about you? I, what do you got? I actually so oh. everybody's been talking about the new God's Hate record. So I gave it a listen, and I really like it. I really like the music. I I just there's like the vocals are good, but like it doesn't do anything for me musically though it's awesome and it's definitely j-lo you said you're hitting the gym play that record because i heard uh it's guaranteed to make you lift more and uh what else have i been listening to uh me and sonny just been listening to a lot blink 182 we're going through the whole discogs uh he's loving every bit of it so blink 182 and got oh i did i for next week um people have been talking about steel nation just put out a new uh lp and i want to check that out so that's on my gonna listen to list Should for, I even know that for this real? week yeah steel nation put out a new record all right fuck yeah and they usually put out really good stuff so Dude, let me think steel nation forever wounded is like the pahc underrated record oh, in my opinion it's so, it's so good. fucking good it's so good this is uh this is uh the best time to introduce our guest today because we're gonna ask him what he's been listening to. Uh please welcome former former vocalist of Rock Bottom, uh current vocalist of a band named Gridiron on Triple B Records, Matt Carl. Matt Carl, everybody. What's going on, guys? Yeah, what's going on, Matt? What have you been listening to these days? Well, Jordan stole my Benny the Butcher. I think that's probably <laughs> that's probably going to be the best rap record of 2020. I've listened to Could it be. probably 15 times all the way through. It's awesome. And then uh, around that. Dion stole some of my thunder too with the God's Hate. I love that album. Uh, was worth it for how long it took to put that out. But uh, another record that I've been listening to a lot is Pain of Truth, uh, Age of Apocalypse Split that just came out last week. Um, I think it's really cool when a, two very different style bands do a split together. That's what happened with this one. And I just think both sides of it are really good. Something that I should definitely check out. 
that's what's up. Now but. I was I was um actually checking out Pain of Truth because you were bumping it a lot and a couple other people were as well. Is there like how many vocalists are in that band? Is it just one vocalist or is there many? Because I always see like them posting different images and stuff on their Instagram. It's one vocalist, but it's just like one vocalist with like a lot of different guest spots throughout the songs. So kind of like a oh. minority unit vibe, like, you know, a bunch of different people on the same tracks and stuff. It's just, you know, it's, I just think it's like very well put together in that sense. Like it's definitely not too over the top. And I definitely, you know, that, that first EP that they put out was probably my favorite. Awesome, man. JLo, you want to say something? Did I? Uh, you were about to talk, and then I was, you I, didn't. I've, I've only heard the one Pain and Truth song from it, and it's badass, but I haven't checked out Age of Apocalypse at all yet, so I'm behind. Behind on the new stuff. I always I always yeah. look for Matt to, for the newer, harder stuff that's coming out anyway, because uh, I feel like you're a good advocate for newer hardcore. You're kind of a spokesman of uh, the area, and I always kind of look to you to check out some newer hardcore bands. As well as other people too, but uh, if you if if you post something, I'm definitely checking it out just because I like your style, I like your taste. Good. I try I try to listen to good music, so <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't. So I respect that. What was I gonna say? I, I guess since we're talking about heavy hardcore, we might as well get started with Gridiron, the new hot fresh shit. Uh, how did you get that project together? It's like uh, Detroit, PA, hardcore unity going on right there. It's definitely a, a melting pot band of people from all over the place. Uh, during COVID, I definitely really leaned into like the gamer lifestyle. I have like LED light lights on my desk and stuff now, so I'm like pretty heavy into that. And it actually started we're just playing Warzone together, and it was one of those things like, why don't we just write some music to kind of get ourselves off the computer for a little bit? And that's pretty much where it came from. And um, Will wrote four songs and then uh, just kind of asked a couple of, you know, our friends, Tyler, Jake and stuff like that to play the other instruments. That's kind of how it evolved. To, uh, what it I should have lost you at the end there. I heard, I can hear you now. All right. Tight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, fuck. I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, who's, who's Will? Who's Will? What bands is he in? He's from Detroit, obviously, correct? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he played guitar in Detain, and he uh, plays guitar now in Never Ending. Never Ending Game. Got it. That that album's fucking good as hell as well. Yeah. Dude, so uh, yeah, they good. were on kind of a hot streak, and then the whole COVID stuff happened, and they got in a lot of their licks, you know what I mean? So I hope they could pick it back up when... Uh, uh, live shows happen again for sure, as well as as well as Gridiron because I I, I thoroughly enjoy your uh, I don't know if you call it a demo or an EP, but um, I love it, man. It's it's uh, someone oh Will uh, Will Schaefer he uh, he said that um, Gridiron was uh, Matt Carl Final Four uh, <laughs> record because that's totally that's that's your style, you know what I mean. Yeah, dude, I've straight up always wanted to just, like, do a band exactly like that. And, like, you know, I've done other stuff after Rock Bottom, but nothing really ever sounded like Gridiron does. 
And I just feel like, you know, my musical influences, type of hardcore that I, you know, gravitate to, um, I, how much I like rap and hip hop and stuff like that. Just wanted to kind of do a hardcore band to be able to combine everything together into a band. And I feel like with Gridiron, we got to do that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like the Gridiron record is like, it's a lot of like kind of what Detain vibed with, but then like it has like your influence clearly on it too. And I feel like Detain was like a pretty underrated band. So like to hear like that style of come back is like, what's up? Like I, that's the shit. 100%. Yeah, the Detain stuff was awesome. Capital Punishment was extremely sick. But um, yeah, I think it's cool that, you know, I was just in, able to incorporate like everything that I kind of enjoy about music. Yeah. How did you guys get hooked up with uh triple B? They, they kind of picked up on you guys or, you know, they picked up on you guys super early and you're in the whole, like you, you're essentially like a COVID band, you know what I mean? And so how did that come to fruition? Um, I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, never ending game already being on triple B and, uh, Will and Sam from Triple B already having that relationship that uh, it just, it was pretty seamless. It was, you know, we didn't intend to put out a record or, or put out a tape or anything like that. Uh, when we recorded the songs, I guess they turned out a little, a little bit better than what we had expected. Like, you know, it was just kind of for fun at first and still for fun, but uh, it's one of those things that, you know, after listening to it, we're like, okay, maybe we can like put this out and people it. So. That's kind of, you know, I think the the previous relationship between Bill and Sam helped a lot with getting yeah, the record I'm, out. Great game. I'm assuming you guys are going to try to it's play up there. after all this is over, it's up right? There. Like, I, yeah. everybody in the band's like kind of buds, it seems like. Yeah, so. I mean, with with Tyler being in, you know, Year of the Knife and Will being a never-ending game, like, it'll be one of those things that's, like, you know, hopefully sneaking shows in in between their shows and stuff like that. But, yeah, our, our plan is to definitely, <laughs> you know, play as many shows as we can. That's what's Dump up. truck style. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Trash man. What's it? Um, what other what other games are you playing since Warzone brought the the uh, band together? Literally, that's I have two ga- I have a gaming PC. I have two games download on downloaded on Warzone and Diablo two. Diablo yeah. two. Holy shit! Yeah, that's the goat game, bro. That's literally my favorite computer people still, game. People still people still play that? I don't think yeah, so. I, maybe I do. Like I don't even play multiplayer. I just play the story mode over and over again, which I think is psychotic. Oh, but oh, that is psychotic. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> multiplayer mode was the old. That was like the only way to play back in the day. I literally, never played the multiplayer, but I got a level ninety nine paladin on my hard drive right now. <laughs> Not the brag. <laughs> If it was multiplayer, you could have sold that paladin, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You could have made cash off of that. You fucked up. Do you fuck with the third one? Apparently, I I, I played the third one a couple times. It's pretty good. Played the third one on PlayStation. I never played the third one on PC, and it was cool. Um, I just think like when I was younger. Uh, that was the only computer game I had, and I think that's why I like it so much. That like oh, yeah. three kind of didn't hold up the two for me. No, it's not. It's nothing near. I feel like I feel like it's not as uh, as complex. I want I want to say as far as like getting armor and shit like that. But yeah, I definitely uh, attribute that game to like failing like three classes in high school. 
it's well worth it. I'm glad, glad to see you have your priorities in order. <laughs> I love it when somebody busts out something nerdy with that question. Like I Diablo fully expected you to say like Madden or FIFA or something like that. Diablo two over biology too. Yeah, man. But um, <laughs> well, actually, with Madden, um, will will stream Madden on Twitch with uh, Mike, the other guitarist from Neverending Game. And I've taken the role of being the Chris Berman. So I'll sit in the booth and do the do the play-by-play in color while they play in Madden on Twitch. So that's about as far as I get with Madden. I bought the game and I played it like two times. And everyone online is so good that I just hack the game. I can't do it. So why don't we ever we don't why don't we have a rock bottom Twitch channel to go along with this, man? We could be we gotta diversify, you know. I'm glad you got so much time, dude. That's great. Uh, <laughs> wow. I was just I was just making up an idea. <laughs> Fuck your idea. But, it's like the Ronnie know. Radke Twitch. Let's get let's get that going. Dude, plus like I'm hundred percent sure Dion would be the guy who plays as I I guess like I don't know who the equivalent would be now, but like you, you're the definitely guy who plays as like 2007 Michael Vick and just runs backwards at the beginning of every Yo, snap. okay, uh, Dion, <laughs> he he was definitely that dude back in in high school. We would go to like uh, we had this like local internet cafe in Doylestown called Cyberspace Matrix, and Dion, you know, we get these huge land parties playing Counter Strike, and Dion would just be the guy on the team who would immediately just throw a flash grenade. Or a smoke bomb. <laughs> Everybody would just fucking. I didn't know how to lose play, their mind. And I wasn't, no, I clearly wasn't good. I clearly wasn't good. So I was just, I was just there for the hangs, baby. That was yeah, back when there. you had to go somewhere to play with all your friends. You couldn't just do it online because everyone had a 56K. Yeah, you pay three, $3 an hour. We used to have a place like that in Boyertown called the Gaming Galaxy where everyone would. Like you could, it was accessible from the school. So everyone after school would walk to the gaming galaxy, play Counter Strike. Dude, that's what's up. Yeah, I actually I was to- more. I was more of an Unreal type guy myself. I liked the Unreal Tournament a little better. You're more a deathmatch. You don't want to team up with anyone. You're, you're lone wolf kind of guy. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you actually brought up something I, I wanted to bring up too, because like obviously there's kind of a connection between like Boyertown and the Doylestown area. And I haven't like been to Boyertown per se, but I feel like it's probably pretty similar based on a lot of the, the stuff. And just like knowing you guys from that area, like I know that's how we got hooked up with you in the first place was through AC and Marty and all yeah. those guys. Um, how like how how did the scene kind of develop in Boyertown and like how what was it like being from a small town similar to that? So Andrew, um, Marty, and uh, Jill and I all went to high school together and graduated in like three years of each other. And Andrew and Marty were into hardcore before I was. And my first show actually was in Marty's barn. Marty threw a show in his barn in Bechtelsville, Pennsylvania, which is like the first town outside of Boyertown. And that was like kind of how I got introduced to hardcore was through Marty's barn. But, um, and then eventually, obviously I started, you know, going to other shows with them and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it was weird because, you know, throughout most of high school, I wasn't really into it. And then like towards the end, uh, you know, I, they, they introduced me to it. I was like a little Wayne guy before, <laughs> before Marty's barn. But um, 
yeah, I don't know this, you know, it was just us four kind of, you know, going to shows together and stuff like that. And then, uh, I met Keith through a couple of Warrior Town people who went to Westchester with him. So that's how I ended up being friends with Keith and it kind of just snowballed from there. But yeah. There are definitely a lot of, uh, similarities between Doylestown and Boylestown, especially when it comes to being like, you know, small town, tight stuff like that. Yeah, I always think that's cool and seeing like uh, groups of friends kind of like stay together throughout the years in hardcore is like, I don't know, it's like one of the appeals of hardcore to me is kind of seeing that happen. And I always, I always dug that with you guys that you had a, a similar vibe to kind of us, you know, that's right. why we're doing this now. So. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've been all, we've all been friends for like over 10 years at this point. You definitely see yourself the older you get, like growing apart from people that you were friends with in high school. But uh, hardcore is definitely something that like helps keep friendships fresh and and stuff like that so yeah definitely very true uh what other bands are from out there that i'm thinking of other than uh obviously agitator but there's other bands from that area too right if i'm thinking there's like douglasville which is like right outside of boyertown like outer heaven all right it's from douglasville rivers of nile from douglasville but uh, as far as like just hardcore agitator pretty much the the one Were you a member of FHO? No. I don't even Friends know what F- what's out. FHO. Oh, no. Friends hanging out. No. <laughs> I was not a friend and I was not hanging out. <laughs> no, uh, that was that was what I that's how we kind of met, you know, like Marty, AC, even uh Rykal and everyone was they were in that i guess it was in the crew era but they were just like you know like posi like oh we're friends hanging out and like we like didn't like them because they put a name on it but then obviously years later you know everyone became friends with one another and we're so hanging out all that yeah we're all hanging <laughs> out you know really? so we're all friends hanging out <laughs> Yeah, we're all in FHO right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I guess I must have been post FHO era. Fuck. Yeah, because they used to all come out to like our meeting point like for like us meeting was Lansdale because they you guys were out from that way and we're out from this way and it was kind of like almost like a meeting point that, you know, we all got introduced to each other. So I thought that was kind of cool like that once people that like didn't like each other because i don't know just doyle's down just had that like just like oh if you're if you're not in our circle like you're worthless but then i think people obviously start getting older and start branching out and i thought that was cool because i you know all those you know marty ac rykow all you you know all those people are so cool and, and i think back i'm like why did we like not like these guys because we're fucking immature and it was bullshit so glad we're all still homies hell yeah yeah i feel like that happens a lot and sometimes it's just like subconscious like, you don't do it on purpose it's just something that happened and, you know, over time cookie. yeah every, over time you either you know can justify not liking the person or you end up being friends with the person right yeah how did how did uh the rest of rock bottom hook up with you because Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, my memory is not great whatsoever because uh, I exited the band and they got you. How did that all get hooked up? 
Yeah, so I think it was like you left and then I, th- I feel like it might have been J-Lo made like just like a post about like trying to find or it might have even been on like the Dodo R.I.P. Um, like trying to find someone to sing <laughs> for Rock Bottom. And I just hit him up and like I've never I never did a band before. Like I didn't even know how I would sound. And I just hit him up and I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll try it. You know, and then uh, I ended up driving to Chris's house one night and you know, practiced with them and that was kind of it. And I got a car, got into a car accident on the way home. So it was like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows yeah. in about an hour and a half. So yeah, I remember being Will was like really pushing because I think Will was like closest with the agitator dudes at the time too. Yeah. So he was like, like they're homie Matt, like really wants to do this. And I think he'd be good at it. And we're like, all right, well, we have to come over. Fuck it. And he came over and he did a really good job. And then you got in a car accident right away. So it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. I yeah. guess we got it. I guess we got to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't crash my car for nothing, man. Yeah. You're welcome for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thank. Thanks for uh, my insurance premium going through. The- I appreciate. Yeah, I think um, I feel like every one of us uh, at some point got into some kind of car accident out near Chris's parents' place because it was. I mean, that's the that's like you know deep Bucks County. Like, there's just deer everywhere, and I feel like I've I've hit like at least three deer. The roads that you have to know. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, up there by what's it called? Isn't it Street Road or something where he lives? Like that's like. The, oh yeah, the other, the other street road. Yeah, yeah. They have they have uh, tally marks on the on the deer warning signs up there. You know what I mean? A, a body count on the on yep. the sign. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Bucks County for you, baby. But um, oh. I I I did want to ask you, how long did it take from when you first jams with them that first session to you guys kind of picking apart at uh, your demise, which is it's the Matt Carl record. Like how, what, like, did you, did you like, like just do the set, like the born to hate and the demo songs. And then how soon was it after that you guys started writing your demise? So your demise was already written when I joined the band. Like the songs were already, I heard the, your demise songs at my first rock bottom. record. So it was basically like, yo, these are done. We want to record them soon. Write lyrics to them. So it was like it was pretty fast. Yeah, it's a tall order, man. If I remember correctly, because like you gave us a, a pretty good amount of time before you were gonna leave, so we were like, if we're gonna have a new singer, like we're gonna put new material out quick and try to like carry on with that. You know what I mean? Because like you know, like it, rock bottom is a particularly polarizing band because we like we're a little on the goofy side. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think the idea was like, we're going to like, like, if we're going to have a different singer, we're going to be, we're almost a different band essentially. So like, we really wanted to get shit done fast. And I think that we had at least two of those songs already written when you were still in the band, I think, if I recall. Yeah, I'd say it was just a couple months and we were recording already. Yeah. So the thing was like, when I left the band, you know. JLo said like, oh, I gave you guys ample time. I always I always was good at letting you guys down easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, hey, guys. <laughs> well, no, the original reason why I was living in Philly at the time and I was getting a new job and like, I feel like Born to Hate was getting a lot of like, you know, outside of 
Philadelphia, especially the Northeast, it, it, it was getting more attention. So like, and I knew like touring and like doing like other fests was on the horizon. And I didn't, I didn't want to be a burden to that. I didn't want to like drag the band down and you know what I mean? And obviously I didn't want to leave the band, but at the same time, like it was the right thing to do for the other four people in the band. But I am actually super glad that they picked you and you recorded those songs and you killed it. You killed it on that record. And, and it was kind of, it was kind of funny because like, as soon as you guys put that out, I was listening to your demise like crazy. Cause I loved it. Not just because obviously, you know, the four other dudes are my friends, but like you killed it on that record. I'm just like, I would never even think about doing this. And like you, you like became like a lyrical genius, especially with like ice in my veins, you know, it just like set such a tone with, you know, not just rock bomb, but with like you personally, like you cemented your legacy within that record. It was definitely one of those things. Like, I, I mean, I did some like writing before, like mostly like rap stuff for fun. Like I would just write lyrics to write lyrics. And, uh, you know, it was, I, it was cool because like, I kind of reached back into like some of the stuff I had written prior to rock bottom and like, used them in those songs. It was cool. Like, that stuff I did in the past didn't necessarily like go to waste, so to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely, or it was, I was pretty nervous, you know, it being my first band, first record, uh, stuff like that. So definitely turned out better than I thought. And I feel like it kind of like drove me to, you know, really like go forward with rock. Bomb. Like, cause I was like, ah, oh, like, you know, if I put this record out and it sucks and I don't like it, like I just wasn't really sure what they expect because I had no, no other work to like put it up against. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's honestly like thinking back on it, like that being like the first thing you did. It's like, it's honestly fucking crazy, dude. Like, like, yeah, I, I remember specifically, like, I think when you first started recording vocals and like, I, I can, I don't remember what the reason was. Most likely we just went to like smoke weed or something, but we like left and came back and there was like some, some recording done already. And I want to say it was ice in my veins right away. And like, I just remember like Will coming out and being like, just wait till you hear what, what Matt just did, and he was like, "You're gonna, you're. Gonna, I think you're gonna think it's interesting." And it was just like, "What the fuck? This is fucking crazy." Because it's like not at all what we thought it would sound like, but it was like fucking perfect for what it was. And like that, that style of lyrics, in ice in my veins, is like exactly like all the bands that I really, really like. Like it's like that style of vocal, and I think that's what made me so psyched on that song. Is like I listened back to it. You know, it, it was exactly what I would want to put into song. How did you how did you feel singing the songs uh, that I sang on then, since that was more of your forte? How like did you feel comfortable singing them or like because like I feel like when I watched the This Is Hardcore 2011, I think it was yeah, when yeah. you guys played. Like, I feel like you put your own little spin on, not own little spin, but like you felt comfortable up there singing them. But like, how'd you feel about doing them? Like, because obviously uh, Your Demise was a new record. So it was kind of like, oh, you got to play the the demo songs and Born to Hate stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think the fact that like 
you made those songs so catchy and like so easy for people to react to and like sing along to and stuff like that it made it way more comfortable for me to do those songs because i always knew like going into it doing those songs that like people were going to sing along and people were going to know the words and stuff like that so if there was a part that like you know i would struggle with as far as just like vocal patterns or something like that i always had like an out you know what i mean as far as like the crowd goes stuff like that which i think that helped me big time Yeah, just like how I was saying, like, you know, after Born to Hate, like right before your demise, I felt like Rock Bomb was picking up uh, some steam. Obviously, you guys obviously got asked to play Sound and Fury Fest. And how did that all happen? I, I don't know the full story with that. I'm trying to remember the first couple of shows you played for us, even. Like, I, if I remember right, there was like two shows right away. I want to say the, the first show we played was at the in Brick. Okay. Jersey. Oh wait, it was wait, with, like, wait. Before, before that, before that, there was a show. I think it was out towards your way, where Rock Bomb played. I think it was like my last show, and I think uh, for Raise Hell, I was like, "Here's the new vocalist, Matt Carl," and I yeah. gave the mic to you, and it was, it went off, and it was the perfect way to to bridge that transition i just remember that yeah it was, that, it was like someone's like <laughs> it was like someone's birthday party or something it was like a birthday show for someone i remember that it was like oh, in a it was in that? like a gymnasium or like a yeah, it was like in the middle hoops. of nowhere yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh like wrong answer playing i forget probably agitator oh yeah yeah that wrong answer I... agitator that was where was that? It's some middle of nowhere town. The hardcore showcase. I want to say it was Sel- oh, no. I want to say it was Sellers. I thought it was I could Collegeville. Be I thought it was Collegeville. That's that that was that sounds familiar to me. It was definitely a Ville. It was a Ville. Yeah, it was hundred percent a Ville. It's those Ville of Ville places too. So then, yeah, like, I guess that that was technically the first show. Um, somebody was running around with like a with like a with a like a gym pad thing I yeah they had like rest point. they had like the gymnastic mats there yes yeah people were like hitting each other with the gymnastic mats. yeah but anyway you guys played brick you said correct yeah i think it was with like i'm probably getting shows mixed up but i think that end path played it i know born low played it uh Did strength or reason play i feel like we just played like so many shows not sure. I, I wish strength we could play every reason. show with strength for a reason. They're, they they're the goats. Every show. They're the, that time the period. PA hardcore goats. Um, that again played with strength for a reason. Yeah, every yeah, band I've ever been in has. I think. I think I've seen strength for a reason more than any other band. Like, honestly. Yeah, it's probably true. Them, them and Wizard would be really high on the list. I think the second what a, show was fact. <laughs> Broad Street Ministry Upstairs with Foundation, I think. Yeah. It was the night after Brick. Yeah, I remember you just getting thrown like right to the fucking wolves right at the beginning. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, there was no grace period. It was it was (laughs) full speed ahead. But I mean, it it was cool, you know. Sound and Fury. um, To answer your question, it was one of those things. Like, I'm pretty sure I just asked Joe, like, or said, "Yo, like, I want to play Sound and Fury," and he just picked up his phone, like, "Yo, Rock Bottom's playing Sound and Fury," and then he hung up the phone (laughs) and was just like. You're playing Sound and Fury. All right, we're playing Sound and Fury. So that's pretty much how that so happened. So awesome. But um, 
yeah, that was a cool experience too. Like that was my first time ever out on like the West coast and stuff like that. And uh, what made it really sick was like, you know, agitator playing double dealer playing. So it was literally just like all our friends from over here hanging out in California, which was, really cool. that was like, I remember like a lot of sick bands playing. Like that was probably the coolest. Like I've seen, you know, a good amount of trapped under ice sets. That might've been the craziest trapped under ice set I've ever seen. Agreed. Oh yeah. It was insane. We, I think violations, the- violations, last show, other awesome cool. band. Yeah, Suicide file. Suicide file played. Yeah. Yeah. I remember trial being excellent at that too. Um, but yeah, definitely the violation set was like the biggest thing. Cause yeah. Oh no. Was, you know, what was crazy that, that I remember about that sound of fury that just like baffled everybody was ringworm played and uh they played uh you know justice replaced by revenge and like nobody moshed to it i, I wouldn't say that it's not that nobody moshed to it it's that it's that like not like as many people as we had all seen mosh to that part i think we're just like we're just like, where well, is everybody? Like, <laughs> well, because as soon as they play the song, like, like you know those bands that play that song, and you're just like, oh shit, it's about well, to they pop just, off. They just didn't. They just didn't. They just didn't. People, they weren't like a West Coast sounding band. Yeah, and I but think we, it was just around that time. To- around that time period, Ringworm was playing here a good amount, and they always got super sick reactions in Philly. So I think that we were like expecting that there. Yeah. And we just didn't get that. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, every time they play here, it's always crazy. When I went to Sound and Fury 2008, that was like a similar reaction to uh, Striking Distance played. And it, it, I felt like nobody cared that they played. It was almost like we call them around here like Wawa bands where like, oh, the this band's playing. Let's go to Wawa. Like, I felt like nobody cared about striking distance and it totally bummed me out because, you know, you grow up on the East coast and like when striking distance plays, it's balls to the wall. And then that happens and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, I've only weird. seen, I've only seen striking distance a couple times, but every time that I've seen them, it's never not been insane. Imagine it being, imagine it being super not insane. And yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you're, you're a wordsmith, that. yeah, that was beautiful. Um, so, so after, so, so, oh man, there's uh, that that's the sound of fury trip in general was awesome. That was probably was like, well, there was, I just know I'll never forget when we got the car, we got like a sedan to fit five of us in and all of our bags, and uh, Will. Me, you, and Schaefer were in the back, and Will had these huge studio headphones on, and he was listen- he was listening to the Smiths so loud that like I had to like raise my voice to like speak, and then me and you just started making fun of him and how he was like sad, and then he needed to listen to the Smiths, and I'm just never forget he took them off, and he was just like he was like fuck you, Carl, fuck you, Martello. <laughs> Fuck all of you, and I just—I'll never forget. Dude, that, I that, still, that was like the start of the the whole trip, right there. Yep, I still remember the rental car. It was one of those Chevy HHRs, like oh, one yeah. of those little SUVs that they made it. Tried to make it look like it was from like 1955. Straight up clown so car yeah, with all the so shit in there. And us. It was. It was. He rough. was probably. He was probably like 
be like, oh, I'm in California. I feel like if I listen to the Smiths or Morrissey when I'm out here, I'll get the full, I'll get the full West Coast experience and just got ruined by you two. And Absolutely. obviously did. Absolutely. Yeah. He, listens to, he listens to a British band for his West Coast experience. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like <laughs> I remember never having in and out and everyone being like, obviously, like that's the spot there. And I had it. No joke, three times a day for all oh, four yeah, days we that we were there. I ate it 12 times. I need mean, I ate Jack in the Box <laughs> once. But besides that, it was straight diet of in and out. So it we got we got Del Taco for breakfast the one day too, I think. Yeah. We tried to diversify, but I'm pretty sure Carl like left on the again. Oh yeah. Yeah. In and out several <laughs> Before times. Uber, but I found a way to in and out. Don't doubt me with that. Man. That was also before weed was uh legal in california and i remember we just like we're just like i don't know let's just ask somebody and literally the first people were like walk by and like yo you know where we get some weed oh yeah man i'll just grab, let me call my buddy up and it was just like that was that's that that's all it was dude the best part of it, it was definitely the dudes from that band power i forget where they were from but like it was somewhere on the west coast and the dude was definitely Beans. wearing a bandana with weed on it and i was like i'm gonna ask the weed band. <laughs> yeah and it worked out perfectly <laughs> shout out to that band yeah i don't really remember them very well but they were they were good to us that day. I appreciate that. I I also remember getting that Nerf football and like fucking just tossing that around outside forever, and then it got lost for like days. And then when we left the the fest the last day, the truck right next to us it was parked next to the van. We looked in the back of it, and the Nerf football was just sitting right there in the truck bed. Just snagged that shit back and left like it was meant to come with us. Dude, the parking awesome. parking lot football games or football throws are appropriate at any time you never go wrong i always i keep a football in my trunk at all times you never know when a when a throw is going to break out carl did you did you take the plane with me and chris on the way there i want to say it was unfortunately just me and will okay because <laughs> I, I my i the thing i remember the most is i had a i had a big i had like a big like 17 inch laptop and i was like all right i'm gonna watch movies on the way there, I'm sitting next to Chris, who was who was a terrible person to sit next to because he get he he definitely has like restless leg syndrome, and he'll just start just like start moving his legs and stuff like that. Um, and I I I watched the movie Blue Valentine, which is this I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's this like really depressing movie. Is it Ryan Gosling, uh, Ryan Gosling, yeah, Michelle Williams, and there's just definitely tons of nudity in this movie. And I had this huge laptop. Nice. <laughs> I'm just like on a plane and I just remember there's a scene where like Michelle Williams is just like sitting there with like, you know, no shirt on. And I look over and Chris just was like looking straight at me with his eyes wide and just like a huge grin on his face. And then I was just like, damn, <laughs> someone's kid could be probably be like three rows back from me looking at some full on nudity. Nudity is always great. Speaking of nudity, um, Wrath and Ruin, Wrath and Ruin. You guys started. You you started right after Rock Wait, Bottom. Is that the segue I don't know now? if that has anything Wait, to do with the new. Wait, where is the segue? <laughs> I was. I'm very confused. Oh my god! Before we get into Wrath and Ruin, I do. I, I gotta say, I you brought up something interesting that I think about a lot is the fact that you were in the band with Will and how different of an experience it would have been with you in the band with Jordan instead. 
It's like oh, thinking yeah. back on it, it seems like much more appropriate because you guys would have been able to talk about like sports and like like hip hop and stuff like that. And instead, you got Will. Yeah, Will. Um, <laughs> me, like I would kind of team up with Will sometimes and like attack Martello, and that was like the oh, basis. Nice. Like the I remember the one time specifically. I forget where we were going, but uh, we stopped at a Sunoco and we got those free Sunoco gas stickers, like the ones that you're supposed <laughs> to like put on your car and you can like win free gas for a year oh, or whatever. God. We covered his whole entire bass drum with them, and Martello turned into that kid. <laughs> Uh, on that YouTube video where his dad takes his video games away. And I've never seen someone have a meltdown quite like he did that day. Yo, you guys also put a sandwich in there. Oh, yeah, we did. We stuck <laughs> a sandwich You put a fucking into- sandwich inside the bass drum, which I didn't notice for, like, uh, weeks. Somehow. Probably made him sound better, too. I mean, if you were hungry when you found that sandwich, we did you a favor, so you're welcome. <laughs> Just mustard and shit all over the inside of it. Just a moldy sandwich. So, But then you would make fun of Will, too. <laughs> because I just remember the, one, the running joke with Will that we always had was, was going to Subway. It sounded That's like awesome. I was Will's only friend in the band, and then when I left, everything went to shit. <laughs> no, I love Will. I shout yeah, out Will. Will is the man. Real mad at us. I, love I mean, him. I did, I did. Well, I did Wrath and Ruin with Will after Rock Bottom. Oh, so there you I, go. Perfect I liked, segue. I, I, yeah, a little better than uh, nudity. So yeah, I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did Wrath and Ruin play? I remember going to see you. I believe at. Uh, 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 creep. I think is that correct? Yeah, I want to say okay. we played four shows. I know we played a basement in North Philly with Bane. Uh, we played Creep before, and then I know our last show was at a vape shop. And then I said nice. to myself, "What? It can't get any better than this." And Wrath <laughs> and Ruin broke up. We pulled a John Elway. We went out on top. There you go. The vape you show was the last show. You just disappeared like a show. cloud <laughs> yep. into the sky. Yep. <laughs> just leave leaving on cloud nine, man. <laughs> oh my god! So it, it was much better than being in rock bottom, I assume. Then it was very like we wrote that demo, and I really liked it. Like I think that's like some of Pat's best stuff he's written, and um, you know, people <laughs> seem to like it and stuff like that. And you know, we played a couple shows, and then it was just kind of like. I don't know if I lost interest or, um, you know, everyone just kind of lost interest, but it kind of just fizzled out after a couple shows. And then a couple years later, we actually wrote and recorded for more songs. And uh, we just put that out and then didn't play any shows after that. Yeah. Because you went out on top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if no one was asking me to play a vape shop, I wasn't playing. Is there a bigger vape shop? No, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not Blue Monkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll have to check the square footage of the venue we played. And if someone asked me to play a bigger vape shop, the reunion might happen. <laughs> I think it's like crazy when you think back. Uh, like, it's so many awesome bands just like don't work out. It's just like weird how that is. With hard- I mean, I guess that's just the way hardcore is because everybody's just a regular ass person. So Dude, it seems like-, like for every one that does, there's like 10 that does. <laughs> You know, like yeah. I, I was in a band in between Rock Bottom and Wrath and that band Vanish. We played one show. 
released oh, a yeah, demo. Right. We played that show. We played the Barbary with sheer terror and like, we're hungry. And that was it. So we just played one show. And then that's kind of like when Outer Heaven started. So, you know, a lot of the guys from Outer Heaven were in Bench. You know, and then Outer Heaven obviously took off. So Bench kind of just stopped. Right, right. I think, wasn't Paul was in Wrath and Ruin too, right? I think. Yeah, Paul played drums okay. in Wrath and Ruin. Gotcha. I went to school, Paul. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good guy. Good guy. That'd have rules. Definitely. Shout out to them. Good good drummer. Very good drummer. Dude, watching him record drums was like one of the craziest. Ever. Like, just no click. I don't even know if he had like headphones on. He just like played the song. <laughs> Perfect. Was like, no sandwich in the bass drum. No sandwich in the bass drum. <laughs> Sam, no Sunoco. He didn't get any free gas. He didn't have any Sunoco stickers. So. A real professional experience. <laughs> the dude's like a composer, straight up, when it comes to Dude, I believe it. J-Lo, do you want to do your game you've been waiting so long to do? Yeah, I think I'm ready, if you guys are. Does Carl really know weird. about it? Or did you did you send him all the... Bro, it's in the... You obviously didn't read the email, but that's all right. I, re- I read I'm the ready. email. I have the email in front of me, okay? So let's not jump the gun. All right, we'll read the CCs, all right? This okay, is I don't read the CCs because I just expect it to be just us. I didn't know if you sent him a separate link. I'm sorry that I did not read the CCs. I'm as ready as I'm going to be, but we did miss the uh, sports. I, I thought we were going to end on the sports just so oh, you want to, add, to... Okay, yeah, we'll talk about the Eagles at yeah, the end. Yeah, so, so if I we can, bailed out, yeah. So I, yeah leave, I, got, I got quick. So I can Eagles leave pissed things. off. That's great. Perfect. I'm probably a lot lighter on the Eagles than you are, and probably heavier on the Sixers. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. All right, teaser. This is like I said, professional ass show we got here. Um, so what I wanted to do is decide the who is the definitive frontman tonight with a frontman off. That's right, a one on one battle to see who is the king of banter. Um, what we're gonna do is I have a. Th- there we go. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I'm behind the soundboard now. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to give you guys a few different prompts, and you're going to give me your best banter. And uh, uh, me, Jordan, and uh, Martello are going to both pick whose banter we like better. Uh, whoever wins the most rounds at the end is crowned the champion frontman. Are you guys Damn. ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going up ag- I'm going up against one of the goat banter and of all time. This is like this is like a fifteen versus two seed right here. So <laughs> I think you give yourself too little credit, man. I think you have quite a bit of personality yourself. So don't sell yourself short, guy. Uh, all right, I guess we'll just get started after that nice compliment. All right, scenario number one. <laughs> uh, you're playing a mixed bill with mostly pop punk bands. Introduce your band to these kids that are about to get moshed into oblivion. Dion, you first. All right. Uh, hey, guys, we're rock bottom. Uh, if you come up front close enough, I have uh, Soupy from the Wonder Years phone number pasted on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, strong, strong start. That's a pretty, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not. It's really not out of the realm of possibilities either. He might. It's probably. Oh, not I got it, anymore. baby. It might have been his number in two thousand five <laughs> or something. All right, Matt, your turn. All right. What's up, guys? This band's called Rock Bottom. 
put down your slice of pizza, tighten up that Zoomies flat brim, then put your head between your legs and kiss your own ass goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, also strong. I'm sorry I don't have Soupy's number. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that because everyone will start leaving. Yeah, the venue's empty now. Uh, Scenario failed. All right, uh, let's go. We'll start with Jordan since Jordan said like five words this entire podcast. What? Hey, man, I wasn't in a band. I let you guys go. It's nice to just sit here and listen. Anyway, what my point? Point uh, Dion, man. Gotta go with Dion. Okay. All right. Martello. I'm just thinking how neither of neither of what you said would would work in this in this <laughs> theoretical situation. Like I'm just thinking about. <laughs> All of them just looking at us really <laughs> awkwardly. You don't, but, you don't but think the young but kids would come up and no, remember. I don't think any of them are going to be like they're going to sit there and they're going to look at us and cross their arms. They're not going to get their loss. They're lost. We're not. They could call their hero or they could tighten up their zoom. Wait, are you allowed to talk during this? You're not allowed to talk during this. <laughs> yeah, no lobbying. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're sorry. lobbying right now, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't believe in lobbying. I might give my point to Carl just just for on principle. Prove a point. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I won't do that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, see. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Carl. I'll keep it even. I'll give it to Carl. <laughs> Can't wait to just end it. Two-two tie every single one. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm the tiebreaker here. I'm actually going to choose Carl here because I think it's more hype. I think people will get excited where Dion's is more funny, but like nobody's going to believe that you have Soupy's number. You might, but nobody's going to believe you. Give it out right now. Prove <laughs> <laughs> him right. That's, instead of the dollar at the end of the show, you get to say, you know, we'll give you Soupy's number. Yeah. <laughs> Next is the code word. We'll send you Subi's phone number. All right. Uh, oh, scenario. man. I don't think I have it anymore. <laughs> Probably for the better. Uh, all right. Point Carl. And hops right. from the start. Yeah. All right. That's okay. Scenario number two. Shitty Will's amp stops working, and we're trying to fix it before the next song. How are you entertaining the crowd? We'll go Carl first. We'll do Snake Style. All right. I, w- I would say... Snake style. <laughs> I would say something along the lines of, yo, guys, I'm really sorry for the inconvenience that our guitar player will. And then I would throw up the quotes with my fingers. Shitty Schaefer is causing. Uh, we were actually even late for loading because he legit couldn't remember how to tie his shoes. So just be lucky that this is the only inconvenience you get by. <laughs> this isn't the life we chose. We're just playing the hand that we've been dealt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. I love you. Fuck. Oh, Will hates this again. No, fuck. Dude, damn. That smells rough. <laughs> All right. All right, Dion. Well, mine would kind of be an interactive one because you know me. I would probably start uh, interviewing people in the you know in the crowd ask them where they're from why they're here at the rock bottom show until will was done fixing his amp or borrowing somebody else's okay a more practical response i guess i don't know it's a more interactive thing it's more like you know you can't just spit out something you know i mean you gotta you gotta you gotta work the crowd a little get back into it why there's a lull my train, of, my train of thought was just when you get the chance to roast Will, you take advantage of it. 
I, I think yeah, I, I don't know if we'll play again after judges your comment. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what kind of answer we get. We'll start with Martello because we're going snake style. We're going when, okay, snake style. Uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Dion on this one because he I've seen his crowd work and he he does a good job, you know, getting people involved. Okay, he he chooses MC Dion. All right, all right. Yeah, Jordan improv. Thanks, thank you. I'm always gonna go with this shit talk, Dion. You are old and out of touch. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Fuck, dude, Dion. I hate to do this to you, but like, I'm the tiebreaker again, and. If you get an opportunity to shit on Will, especially one that's deserved, you have to take it. Shame on you. You should lose a point. Carl. No, that's okay. (laughs) This reminds me of Around the Horn on ESPN. We need our little numbers in the corner. I'm used to losing, you know? It's all right. There's plenty of questions left. It'll be all right. All right. Scenario number three. Someone gets hit with a folding chair mid-song. Give me a quick one-liner. Dion. I bet that dude wishes it was a wish.com chair so it would break easier. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. All right, Carl. I was thinking something uh, like, you know, holy shit, chair did that come from? No. No. Jesus Christ! These are both. <laughs> can I? Can I just boo and walk out? <laughs> hey, we're never playing this game again. Uh, all right, Jordan. No, you gotta go first. You can't be the tiebreaker every time. Snake style, dude. Snake style. Dude, I made up the whole game. I get to be whatever I want to be. All right, fine. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I love dumb shit. I'm going with Matt Carl again. It's freaking stupid. It's like a oh, two and a half men joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Martello, yeah, I don't think... I, I think the, the wish thing... The, the, the chair joke is, is, is timeless. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell that chair joke in, in, in any time. Like, you could tell the wish joke three years from now. Nobody's going to know what wish is. Damn. All right, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say, <laughs> gonna say the the, I'm looking. I'm sitting in the future here, so I said a chair joke. Uh, well, a fan uh, of word. I'm just a fan of wordplay. Yes, you are a true wordsmith. We know that. Um, yeah. Well, there's only three more questions, so Dion, you're playing for a tie now. But I, I'm confident that you can come back. Um, all right, scenario four. All right, thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> Theoretically. We made the decision to never play Raise Hell ever again. Some jackass starts yelling, Play Raise Hell! How do you respond? Is My it, turn. Is it, yeah, it's Carl's oh, turn. Yeah, I forgot I should have probably said somebody's <laughs> name. Uh, Carl, go ahead. All right. I'd say, hey, listen here, pal. You're out there raising enough hell already. We don't need to add to it. <laughs> All right, we're fine, man. We, apparently all of us like King of Queens a lot um, yeah you're too <laughs> uh, I would say oh you want to hear Raise Hell well here's Raise Hell and then we'd play a totally different song <laughs> that's a strong move too alright but yeah, hey good. hey hey little fun little fun fact about this we actually we 
I think we've actually done this once or twice as a band. We're just like, you know what? I think we're above race hell. I think it was during down with the devil type uh, era. <coughs> like we're above this. Let's not play it. And then we realized there was, there was the time we just played the, we're just like, we just like, I ah, just play the end. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. And, and, and the times we played it first, awful decision yeah, never all around. Out. Worst decision we've ever done in our lives. I believe your first show back was that terror show. We played it first and it, it was, it was not great. Mm, no that was at the barbary uh, but no definitely say this is raise hell and then play something totally different which <laughs> the only person would be bummed is that dude all right i do love that uh mortello go ahead i'm gonna have to go with dion because i could see him uh i i see the situation in my head and i see dion not only doing it for for that song but once that song is done him then once again going okay this is raise hell, and then we play another song that is not raise hell. Hit him with the euro the thing, step. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, Mart. The thing is, if I if I ever did that, Martel would be like, "Wait, guys, like, what are we playing? What are we playing right now?" That, that's yeah, told Martello. Martello would definitely start playing raise hell on drums. <laughs> yeah, my God. You just said we were playing it. We won't. We won't even talk about that Halloween show. The, the fateful no warning cover. Oh, oh yeah, that was a great show. That was a great Matt Carl rock bomb show. Except for that part, but otherwise it was a great show. Um, Most un- uncomfortable I've ever been playing drums. All right, Jordan, who you got? I got Point Dion this time. All right, Dion, back in the game, baby. All right, scenario five. You're playing this as hardcore. To you, hardcore is blank. We're on Dion. Yeah. Uh, Jordan just collectively throws up in his mouth as you say that question. Um, is this is this stage is this stage banter or just what I think? Yeah. No, I feel like if this is hardcore. A lot of people are like, you know, hey, car- hardcore is this and hardcore is that because it's like the name of the fest. It's a good good time to to get into that subject. No, um, I feel like hardcore hardcore to me is community and um you know why the people are there for music and hardcore uh that's great and all but i feel like you see a lot of people get together that don't usually get together and i think that's really strong in the hardcore community and it's a little overlooked and like a lot of people just focus on the music but then when you get to somewhere like this is hardcore uh you realize that you're around like-minded people and you have friends that you didn't know you didn't have, or you haven't seen in a while. So I think that's a really special thing, especially with hardcore that we always for, like, I don't know about everybody else, but uh, that people kind of look forward to every summer kind of going to this is hardcore. So it's hanging out with your friends uh, and that community aspect, long winded answer. Boom. Okay, yeah, I should deduct half a point for the. For yeah, life. we had to cut. We had to cut a song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No raise hell. song, guys. One more song. <laughs> All right, Matt, go ahead. I'm sure Dion and mine answer is going to be relatively similar, but like just like the the brotherhood and camaraderie aspect. I just feel like it makes it like any other thing. Like just the fact that like when you see you know someone in the hardcore scene down on their luck or something like that just the fact that 
everyone, whether they personally know the person or not, you know, can all rally around one person because of hardcore is uh, definitely something that makes it extremely special. Like the tight knitness of it, you know, the fact that you meet people from all over, you know, one of those things, like if you know, you were just to travel to another state on vacation, you know, everyone in this, on this podcast would be able to hit someone up that they met through hardcore and be able to crash at their house or be able to go get food or something like that. So the fact that it's such a tight knit group of people, but expands worldwide, I think it's something that, you know, any other genre or, or hobby or lifestyle, something like that can't really get. Now, Matt, you said rallying around one person. I just want to just give also kudos to you when, uh, we played that, uh, I wouldn't call it a split set. I would call it like a 70 30 when, uh, you did that benefit for Carter (laughs) when you did that, when you did that, uh, benefit for Carter at voltage. Um, I know you probably worked tirelessly to get that together. Uh, but it was probably a special moment, probably, you know, with you playing with the boys again on stage. And I, and I felt like that show was, that show meant a lot to you. It meant a lot to Carter and it meant a lot to everybody there, but everyone was there having a good time and they all rallied around one person. So hats off to you for that show right before the Super Bowl. That was a great show. That was, you know, the reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl. One, the the reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl and two, probably like the one of the most like fulfilling moments I had with rock bottom. Um, just the fact that like, obviously we weren't going to play. Um, some lineup changes happened last minute uh, for reasons. And, you know, also shout out to Bob, for, like having to deal with that last minute stuff and like all that Bob does <laughs> booking shows in Philly. Um, it's awesome. And, you know, I kind of just reached out to everyone and said, hey, like, this is happening really soon and it would be awesome and mean a lot to me, um, you know, if we could try to get this put together and do this. For, you know, Carter's one of my best friends. And the fact that, you know, everyone was down, and everyone met up and practiced and stuff like that, it, it just, it was, it was really cool, you know, because obviously when I left Le- rock bottom like i would st- i still talk to you guys and stuff like that but it obviously wasn't as much as um it was when i was in the band and that just kind of goes back to my point about hardcore it's like you can just reach out to people at any time and you know whenever you need something and the people are going to be there regardless yeah yeah one of my one of my reg- one of my regrets one of my regrets was uh, when we did our last show at This Is Hardcore 2015. Uh, like I went back and forth in my mind about, but I I should have had you come up and do Ice in My Veins. That would only be appropriate rock bottom style to get you to do that. So uh, I totally failed on that opportunity, but I wish you would have done it. Probably would have made the set uh, even more special. So yeah, uh, I, I just want to put out that. Put that yeah, out. I, know, I know you had said something to me like right afterwards about it, but like ultimately, like I always looked at Rock Bottom as your band first. Like you started the band, you know, it it was your band. And then for, you know, I've obvious circumstances, you had to leave. I came, I filled in. I was the Joe Blanton 
to your Paul Hamels. Um, but, uh, Get the fuck here, man. but that was one of those things. Like I felt like that was something that that was yours. You know what I mean? Like, even though ice in my veins was a song that I recorded, and I did like that last show, like the rock, like rock, but the actual like original, like rock bottoms last show. And like, I didn't want to take anything away. No, I don't. I want you to get that your shit out of your vocabulary because it's always been an our thing. That's the big thing with Rock Bomb. It's never a your thing. It's never my band. It's our band. So that's what I, I was coming that. for. I, I will say this. I think that was one of the reasons why that scenario was such a good way for us to come back after what was it, like three years or something was because I think I think all of us kind of wanted to like address that situation on some level you know what I mean and it was rad that you hit us up to do it in the first place and we I think we were all stoked to like I don't know it, it was just like it just felt right you know what I'm saying it was special. yeah and, and yeah. honestly yeah and honestly I I didn't expect everyone to say yes like I went into it just saying like all right if it happens cool if not you know it is what it is but the fact that everyone was so on board so like so down was was really cool. so i thank you guys again yeah man i mean ultimately when, when i look back on you playing with us like it was it was an awesome experience so like it was cool to be able to circle back to it and like do it the right way instead of like you know what i mean yeah and like i definitely like when i was in rock bottom i definitely you know made mistakes and and stuff like that and it's something like that the whole rock bottom experience definitely helped me like grow as a person and like even from just like being in a band, like I was able to take like mistakes that I made then and like, you know, be able to not do them going forward and stuff like that, you know. So it definitely just helped, you know, that whole experience was extremely helpful to me. And I know I was a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> Bro, fucking I think back to myself during that time period and I would I would beat the shit out of myself back then. So like I, I feel you. I just wrote a whole Ten Ton Hammer record about that concept, so don't even worry about it. I also, think that like, record really, is really... awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. I had to do a self plug. You know what I'm saying? Drop it in there. I know. What you're <laughs> <laughs> I think we got away from the game too much, so I, I'm just gonna go ahead and declare Carl the winner because Dion can't come back. <laughs> well, I mean, he did throw a show that ass, made it. Eat... <laughs> there was one more question. Uh, yeah, sure. Give me both. Both you guys. Give me your best mosh call, Dion. Go. Uh, I always love saying punch someone in the motherfucking face, even though I did not, even though, even though I did not want anyone to get punched in the face or have physical harm for a hardcore show, but that don't like that kind of level of like violence just like got people like stewed up. So punch some motherfucker in the face straight to the point. It's blunt. I kind of, I kind of went like, I had a, this was the question that I had the most trouble like thinking of something because everything I would say would be, like, oh, that's like super corny and I never actually say that. But if if I if someone said start swinging the hammers, it's tool time, motherfucker. I think that would be a nice ode to Tim Allen would 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 set set people off. Okay, that's then great. The, uh, I love somebody that. took the somebody took the uh, the harm's way video. And and edit it to to the tool time. The home improvement. Really, both, I saw oh the home both, improvement. I saw the home improvement. Both the home improvement uh, theme and the Home Depot theme, and they're both amazing. <laughs> Someone still, whoever runs that page, is still doing them. 
They're, they're gonna run out of songs it. soon. There's like not enough songs left <laughs> for them. To I mean, play. let's not act like it didn't all help us during that period of time in 2020. Gold, yeah, my paper great. one is the Goldfinger one. Is uh, is <laughs> here in one's great. Yeah. Or no, it's Superman. It's Superman. Yeah, yeah Tony. Hawk's no, style. but uh. All right. Uh, no, Carl definitely won. He definitely had a lot of creativity. Mine's more interactive. I'm not gonna lie. Mine is. Uh, you're like I'm a, not gonna a, make excuses. I lost. I lost. Like a method actor <laughs> or something. All right. It's improv. Yeah. It is Everybody improv. Well, I guess now we'll talk about the Justice League Snyder cut. No, we're gonna do the opposite. We're gonna have <laughs> Philly Sports <laughs> Lightning <laughs> Round before it's we get jo- out of here. Jock, jock hour right now. Yes. Get out of here, nerd. <laughs> As I'm sitting on, at my PC gaming motherboard station. We got the Diablo 2 out of the way early. Yeah. So. <laughs> where do you want to start? Eagles, Sixers? What do you want? Uh, you want to start happy and end pissed off or start pissed off and end on? Let's do, let's do Sixers first because it's prevalent right now. Okay. How I'm, you feel about I'm actually... I'm actually really surprised that there's still a seeded number one team without Joel Embiid because I feel like when he goes down, he goes out for like how long, you know what I mean? And they usually get hurt in the wins loss column, but now it's like, they're still the number one seeded team. They're just pulling it together. Next man up kind of style. I'm so used to like last night's game versus the Knicks. I'm so used to them losing those types of games that I often like throughout the game have to remind myself that it's not the same team that we have been watching for the past couple of years. And the fact that like whatever doc rivers is saying to them, uh, it's working, obviously like he's getting people like he's getting so much production from bench guys, and, you know, guys who really when Embiid is healthy, Curry's healthy. They're not really getting like, run. You know, Tyrese Maxey, he's a 20-year-old rookie, and he comes in last night in a tight game. It was a physical game, too. That was like a, It was like I was watching, like, 90s-style basketball last night, and he gives you productive minutes. Um, I think they're still, like, one piece away from me feeling comfortable saying that they have a chance to, like, win the title, but they also still are the number one seed. So, you know, I wouldn't want to give away too much to get something. as Like, I do – I want Kyle Lowry. But I feel like, you know, he also want Kyle Lowry and they have more, I guess, to offer. Like they could offer like a Duncan Robinson or something like that. Or Sixers would be offering probably Danny Green, like Mike Scott. Yeah, I don't, I, I kind of think the Sixers should maybe roll with what they have at this point. I don't know if I like love the team 100%, but I kind of. Builds on what they got, right? Yeah, I kind of like the guys that they have for the most part. I'm not as in love with Maxi as a lot of people are, I think. I think Neither am I. I think uh, there hasn't, I think people in Philly haven't seen like what a regular guard looks like in a really long time. And Maxi's just like, like to me, he looks like Ish Smith or something, which is like a fine NBA player, but like. I don't like I think he's just kind of like a regular guy that like a lot of people like they're just not used to seeing a dude like that <laughs> that pulls up off the off the dribble and stuff. I just think that like I'm holding out because he's so young and like guards like guards that are that young tend to like hit a wall at some point. And like he's really not getting that many minutes, which is an ode to the rest of the team because the rest of the team is so good. Like you Ben Simmons in front of you. 
you know, Ben Simmons yeah. is athletic enough to give you 38 minutes a night, you know? So I, I just, I just think this it's whole time this yeah, this whole draft class, it's so good. Like Maxi, Paul, Paul and Isaiah Joe, like the fact that we somehow got all three of them on the same night is like fine. How are you feeling Jordan? I'm somewhere in between that. I'm going to ask you the question. If, uh, there's a package that will probably obviously be when's the deadline Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere between now and Thursday, they'll have a package. Are you giving up Maxi before shake and Matisse or who are you giving up first out of the three of them? Because I'm giving up Maxi first. Absolutely. I like Matisse and shake more. I love Maxi, but Matisse Thibel's defense is like, it's insane. It's true. Like watching him play on the defensive end of the floor is like, you, I just find myself not watching the rest of the game and just watching him, like move his, through screens and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't, I would not trade Matisse Thibel. Same. His defense is more irreplaceable than Maxi is his whole entire game. Yeah, you know what's crazy with him with too. I always, uh, I was always kind of like on the fence with him because I thought he would like foul out all the time if he got more minutes, and he gets more minutes and he fouls less. It's crazy. Yeah, I, don't know I how think it, I, how it works. I think that's just like a learning curve thing. Like he has to learn you know, what he can and can't get away. And I think, you know, he kind of fell back in the rotation a little bit. I think that was maybe Doc, like, you know, teaching him what he can and can't do on the floor, you know. And obviously the fact that he's a young player, he's not going to get calls. Or he's going to get foul calls again. That maybe he might not get called again. It's true. I think ultimately the frustrating thing with the Sixers is like you're not going to know anything about them until the playoffs because like it's kind of they were good in, in the regular season before so I don't I know. just you just need one person can create for himself like if if you get the Shake Milton that you got last night in the game before you don't need to trade you're, for him. No, you're closing out every game. Right, but you know he's he's been pretty inconsistent. He was really good before his injury, but hasn't been great after his injury besides these last two games. Yeah, he's definitely been good. His sh- his shots just not falling right now. It looks like the ball's really heavy when he shoots yeah. it. I feel like, but he I don't know. I, I have full faith in him coming back. He was a killer three point shooter last year. Um, I guess. Do you want to jump to Eagles just because keep this in the uh, in the vein of keeping this moving? Yeah, yeah. We won't we won't touch liars. So there's nothing to talk about there. <laughs> I don't know shit about hockey, so you'd be asking the wrong guy. They suck. They were supposed <laughs> to be good, good and they're not good. So. They started out real hot, then th- yeah, everything now happened. They're real, they're real bad. Yeah, they're defense is bad. awful. Carter Hart fell off a cliff. Yeah, but anyways, on to another subject. Okay, right? Eagles. Um, what the fuck are they doing, <laughs> <laughs> dude? Like, I get like having to trade Wentz, but like it should have never gotten to that point place like i think wentz is going to go to indianapolis and be awesome and be good there um but also probably if half look at everyone look at look at what happened with aguilar when you got him out of the eagles uniform or look what happened to every player that got traded to bill belichick's team you know what i mean yeah michael kendricks patrick chung like literally everyone like everyone goes to another team and they excel eric rowe But what happened? Edge, what happened specifically like, with a, Wentz that just made him just like talk to 
Peterson. Disconnect with everybody. <laughs> like, how do you not talk to the your starting quarterback? How do you not talk to the coach for over two months? Really? Dude, that, guy's a, that guy's a baby. See you, see you later. <clears throat> That's all I got to say. Dude, but, Which brings dude me, but at the same time, dude, but at the same time, so like, passive aggressive. Dude, but you'd be crazy to say, like, Wentz. <laughs> Uh, prior to his in LA on, in, in the Super Bowl season to post, he's just in his head so much that like he's trying to like, like I feel like he relied on his team. Like he didn't rely on his team, but he made his team work before that injury. And then afterwards, he's just like, oh, my team's not doing anything. I got to like, I got to do it all myself. And then he wasn't good at doing that. Overcompensating. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but also at the same time, if like half the things about him being like a locker room problem are true, that's too many things about him being a locker room problem. Like it's yeah. just it just seemed like it was just everything from top to bottom was extremely toxic and it was like past the point of return. Did they did they cut Alshon Jeffries yet? Because yeah. I feel yeah. they did. Yeah. Okay, good because like I don't know why they kept him on the squad this past year. I just don't know why. With why all that shit that happened. Over Fulgham? Why did that happen? That drove they me pulled, crazy last year. They pulled a Phillies. They straight up pulled a Phillies. They won a championship and they held on to guys for too long. Like now we're seeing what happens when that. Like I love Zach Ertz. Probably should have traded him two if we're being honest. Yeah, agreed. Like I will say this. I, I'm going to give you my optimistic Eagles take because I'm probably the only person in the world that has one. But I feel like the Eagles are kind of like undervalued in a weird way now. And I think they're actually kind of like a sneaky pick to win the East next year because the East still sucks. And the Eagles are going to have like an odd amount of continuity. And if you think that their coaching is like going to be competent at all, they have like a kind of a fair chance of winning yeah. the division. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a really like the Giants got a lot better agency. Cowboys are going to be good. Um, the rest of their schedule outside of the NFC is really tough. They got the Chiefs, and, you know. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I think Jalen Hurts is is going to be better than what people expect. Like once he gets a full off, he's so battle tested in college, like in so much adversity, he handles himself well. Off. I just think that he has the making to be a good back. Just hasn't got a full opportunity show it yet. I feel like they I yeah I feel yeah I feel like they also need to have more depth in their O line because you could see like to keep your scrambling QB like no offense like Jason Peters man what the fuck man like like why do they keep on shipping this like bandaged up fool out there all the time you know I mean he's good he's good at what he does but dude his who's behind him, you know, Vitae forever was behind him and yeah. it was awful. Andre like, Dillard is supposed that? to be behind him, but he hasn't been. No. Jason Peters was not lot good of... last year either. He was, he was just big last year. He was not good. He's collecting that paycheck. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can't blame the guy, but also the defense has to kind of work itself into if we want to actually compete in January, you know what I mean? Like the defense has like, we might be like, I don't know, maybe like two, three years out from working that up with the new coaching system to, uh, being able to actually compete, uh, you know, in January. So I'm looking forward to that. I think you want in the draft. 
I don't look at that. Either receiver it's, is fine by me. I want Chase. If I've already made the statement that if they don't draft Chase, I'm going to be ungodly pissed off. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to be pissed. You know what though, dude? I'm ready. I think at this point, I'm ready to make adjustments. Like I was really anti Doc Rivers when the Sixers hired them, and yeah, he's been were. he's been good. So I, I'm opening my eyes to the idea that maybe my philosophy is incorrect sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Are yeah. you a secret Brett Brown guy? I like I, I think Brett Brown is a little underrated as a coach, but he was like really bad their last year. But I don't think anybody could have coached that team. It didn't make sense. Brett Brown is a funkel, man. He's a fun uncle. Bro. Yeah, I've been in plenty of I've been very anti Brett Brown, but I have also been known to uh, wear my heart on my AK flip flop on whether I like a player or not. Um, but I was pretty adamant on not wanting Brett Brown. And like now that we have like a coach that actually has a culture and a system that all these players are obviously buying into like such a night and day difference. Like when, when the Sixers are down four with a minute and 12 seconds left this year, like I watched the game thinking they're going to win the game. And, bo- and before they could be up six with 48 seconds left, then they'll find a way to Totally agree. My one beef with Doc that still remains that I hope he figures out is sometimes he puts some lineups out there that are just so stupid that are obviously not going to work. He just puts like five non-shooters out there at once and just wants them all to run at the rim at the same time. So, Dude, went, oh, Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. It went small last night, and it was awesome. I saw they went I, Simmons at center for like a short minute, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, it worked. You know, and the bench, like the bench scoring is way better than has been like it's so nice see you know shake milton out there instead of marco bell and ellen so <laughs> i just think i think they're deeper now than they have been past it helps and the, the team just makes more sense that do them doing that now is going to help them playoff time for sure getting those dudes those reps and being confident in your bench and i know all the guys on here are just like oh dion you fucking hate on the sixers every time it's kind of like my lost in deftone stuff you know what i mean like i do enjoy <laughs> i do enjoy them but at the same time not in my not in the top philadelphia thing but um Sorry to make that about myself for a sec. <laughs> Having a veteran presence this year, I think, is big too. Having Danny Green and uh, Dwight Howard on Dwight. the team, yeah, yeah, I think that's huge. Having an actual good backup center, I, well, yeah, I'd say good. He still does some Dwight Howard, but true. I think Danny's important too because the we haven't had a guy who takes bad shots in a while, and you like need that. Like yep. since Covington left, we haven't had a guy who shoots when he's not open sometimes. And it sounds stupid, but that's like really important in basketball. It he just throws them up till they go in, and he yeah. threw them yeah. up all game last night. And then the first one that went in was the biggest one of the game. So I, th- I think we should probably stop the sports landing around. Martello looks like he's like, looking he at a bird. Martello's so. doing. Martel's doing his taxes. He's peeling the Sunoco <laughs> stickers off the H drum. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't started doing my taxes yet. <laughs> I nice. also know who uh, who the five star review is from. I have Intel. Oh shit! Are you gonna dox him or are you gonna leave it go? I don't know if I, I you know, I'm I don't like snitching on people, but his name rhymes with Snacks Avis. <laughs> may have may or may not <laughs> have been on the show before. Just throwing it out there. 
sort per source. If anyone, oh, going back to the, uh, we we uh, going back to this mystery person, but we had talked about in uh, our Sound of Fury hotel experiences. We stayed in that one hotel that was literally it was like a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we we didn't mention the last the last one we stayed in. Uh, one with the bars on one? the TV. Yeah. So yeah. yeah it well, it had like many. A sex hotel for sure. It was a it was a sex hotel for sure. Uh, there was no there was no deadbolt, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty it sure was there's like mirrors a, there on the no... ceiling. Like it was definitely for fucking for sure. There was mirrors on the ceiling, yeah. and I think it cost Chris like thirty dollars a night, or, or there was also an hourly rate. I believe he said, and he didn't know. It just went right over his head. He was like, "Yeah, they had an hourly rate." I was like, "Why would you pay that? I paid the night, you know, like." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those Believe are my me. kind of hotels. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm a, my girlfriend is a real big, like, high end hotel person. Like, she, whenever we go somewhere, she needs to stay somewhere nice. And I think through, like, traveling, like, with, like, my fishing and stuff like that, I, I'm an Econo Lodge guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. right. The Lodge is a solid choice. Always. Super I eight, yeah. also great. Anything that has a continental breakfast, sign me up. Oh, continental. I, it's, Oh, I hate it's one of the greatest the, things ever. I hate when you do the continental breakfast. It's just coffee and cereal boxes, not no, like, so and you have to use half and half for your cereal. Get a, stale, uh, stale lenders bagels. Get oatmeal that's like the consistency of like asphalt. <laughs> it's perfect. No, now, no, now that I'm a little older and I got some, I got some coin in my pocket. I, uh, I always go for like the Hilton. You know what I mean? Wow, uh, must be nice, Dion. Dude, it's only like, dude, it's only like a hundred. It's only like a hundred a night. That's nothing, man. That's nothing. Wow. Remember those places we went to down south that were like, it was like every every room in the place was like a suite. It was like those business ones, and it was like eighty bucks a night or something like that. I forget. Perfect. uh, Yeah, that was tight. Those things were great. They had like their own, like like living room, which were also pull out couches. Yo, you know you made it when they at least had a mini fridge. Sometimes they didn't. Yeah. Somewhere to they keep the beer cold. cold. Yep. All right. I, I think we're about there. Carl, you got anything you want to shout? Um. Yeah, shout out uh, Warrior Town, Triple B Records, From Within Records, uh, awesome hardcore label. Uh, Carter runs it, and to do that 100% uh, has his to the beat of hardcore and truly cares, which I think is awesome. Um, obviously, shout out Payback, Payback Mafia, and PA Heart. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Matt, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, this actually is one of my, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, it's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I, had a, I had a great time talking about the past and all that good stuff with you and uh, good travels for when uh, all the sh- uh, live shows happen. Uh, I hope to get out and see Gridiron. Um, and thank you everyone else for checking in. That was our big episode 10 with Matt Carl from Gridiron, X Rock Bottom, X Rathroon, and X... Uh, I was a vanish. Yes. X vanish <laughs> fame. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, secret code word is sandwich in a bass drum, sandwich in a bass drum. Get that money, baby. See ya. Also shout out streets of hate days, 
Pain of Truth, Neverending Game, Vince and Ann Spina, Hardcore Records, and the Triple B Drop Squad. Rock!